what moves the heart of God? The Bible's clear that what moves the heart of God is, in fact, the lost, the broken, the hurting, hurting the needy. In Luke chapter 19, verse 10, Jesus himself says this, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. The Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. In Luke chapter 15, Jesus tells us three parables of something being lost and then found. We, uh, we have the picture of, of the prodigal son being lost and then he was found. We have the picture of the woman who lo- had ten silver coins and lost one and then it was found. We have the picture of, of the lost sheep and how the shepherd leaves the 99 to go and find the one that is lost. I want you to know today that what moves the heart of God is the lost. The shepherd left behind the 99 to go find the one. I wonder this morning if your heart is moved by the things that move the heart of God. I wonder this morning if What's important to God is important to you. The Apostle Paul was trying to do some preaching, doing the work of trying to save the lost through, through the part of uh, Asia that we know as Turkey today. And he wasn't having much success. And so... One night he had a dream. And so let me just share this with you. Acts chapter 16, verses 9 to 10. Let's read it together. That night, Paul had a dream. A Macedonian stood on the far shore and called across the sea, Come over to Macedonia and help us. The dream gave Paul his map. We went to work at once, getting things ready to cross over to Macedonia. All the pieces had come together We knew now for sure that God had called us to preach the good news to the Europeans. Now, just as the shoreline represents a a separation between the sea and land, as that shoreline represents a transition, I want you to know that the events, the struggles, the difficulties, the advances that you are going through or have gone through in your life, and maybe some of those struggles, maybe some of those advances have happened recently, I don't know. But I want you to know that these represent transitions in your life. How many know that God intends for you and I to grow? Do you know that? He, he intends for us to advance, to go forward, to not stay where we are, to not remain the way we are. Over the summer, we... We looked at the life of Moses and we saw that that shoreline represented a transition in the lives of the Israelites because it was there at the shoreline that Moses parted the sea and the people of Israel understood that God really was looking out for them. It was on the shoreline where Jonah was, was uh, vomited 
I didn't say vomit. He was vomited onto the shoreline by a big fish. It was there that his life was changed. No more was he going to run from God, but he determined to do the work that God had called him to do. It was on the shoreline. That's where the transition took place. That's where things changed for him. And I wonder this morning, if you are open to the Spirit of God taking you to that new place that He wants you to go, that new place where He wants you to be. We're notorious for looking backward and saying, I wish it could be the way it was. Interestingly, if you read on in the story of Moses, you'd find that the people of Israel were in fact... In the difficult times, saying, God, Moses, take us back to Egypt. We've had enough of this. We can't take this. And that's so often the way we are. Rather than going forward, we'd like to go backward. But I want you to know that, that God wants us to go forward. This morning, I want to talk to you about the lost on the shoreline, or, or more specifically, the Macedonian on the shoreline. Because it was in that dream that the Apostle Paul heard the voice of the Macedonian say, Come over to help us. Come over here to help us. We're in need. Now, this morning, my prayer for you is that the Lord would show you or give you a dream remind you of the dreams that he's given you and that you would step out in faith and do what it is that God has called you to do. And so my first question for you this morning, based on this passage of scripture, is do you believe in dreams? Do you believe that God is still in the business of speaking to his people? That God's still in the business of revealing to his people what he wants of his people? Look what it says there, Acts 69. That night, Paul had a dream. He had a dream. That Macedonian stood on the far shore and called him across the sea, come over to Macedonia and help us. And it says that the dream gave Paul his map. This uh, coming Friday... We'll mark the 46th anniversary of that famous speech delivered by Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. It was a speech given at the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C. And I can't read to you the whole speech this morning, but let me just remind you of some of the salient points of that dream. He says, I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. That was a dream. I have a dream that one day even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. I don't know about you, but that still sends chills up and down my spine. Here's the thing, my friends. 
People today don't believe in God-given dreams anymore. They don't believe that God really speaks to individuals. And I think that that is the, the problem with the church in North America in general. We don't hear the voice of God anymore. God does not lead us and direct us the way He wants to. And if anybody ever wanted to do a, a study of God speaking to His people, just look at the history of the PAOC. That, by the way, is the denomination to which we belong. In the early days of the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada, it was a very common thing to hear people to hear believers discussing the things that God was telling them, the things that God was showing them. When Christians would get together, the topic invariably would come around to ways that God was speaking to them, things that God was revealing to them. It was, it was the norm. It was very common. It was not the exception. In those early days of the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada, some hundred years ago, we were sending out missionaries in droves. People were going off to India and to Tibet and to China, to, to South America. They didn't have any life insurance plans. They didn't have anything, really. They just said, you know, God has given us the instructions to go, and so we're going. And the believers, nobody shook their head and said, what a bunch of weirdos. What a bunch of nutcases. Are they nuts? Instead... They got on their knees and they began to pray and they emptied their pockets and they said, God, what can we do to help out Brother Plymeyer as he goes to Tibet? And they people would go into their pockets and empty their pockets to send out missionaries. Those were the days, my friends, when believers had dreams. And God spoke. And I'm telling you, it was a vibrant, exciting Christianity. And I've got to say, what has happened to the Christianity in North America? We no longer hear the voice of God anymore. We're, we're content with, with business as usual, with the ho-hum. Has God been speaking to you recently? No one thought it odd to be talking about dreams and visions and about obeying God. Nobody thought that you were a wingnut, that you were one step away from an institution. Those dreams and those visions that the believers a hundred years ago in the PAOC, those dreams and visions that they talked about were radical. And guess what, friends? They came to pass. And the PAOC grew in, in just uh, staggering numbers. My, my, uh, my wife's grandfather, Douglas Rudd, just passed away a year or two ago. He wrote a book about the early days of, of the PAOC. I, I could sit and listen to him tell stories by the hour. Absolutely fascinating. He, he, he put it in a book. He said that, that those early, early pioneers and the move of this great movement called the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada would go, would drive from town to town and they would stop in that town. He, he says in his book and they would get out, they'd take off their hats. They'd put their arms around each other and then they'd begin to pray and say, God, establish a work in this town. They had a little prayer meeting there. And sure enough, it would just be a year or two later and a church would be established in those towns. 
And people were getting saved. And people were coming to Christ. And people were being delivered from, from demons and evil spirits. And people were being healed. And lives were being transformed. Not on their ones and their tens, and their, but, but by the hundreds, by the thousands across this nation. Because God was speaking. And people were still hearing from God. People were still receiving dreams. Today we... We think that dreams are all about me. There was a dramatic shift in the 1980s. If you listen to preachers preaching, no longer did they talk about spiritual dreams where God was calling you to go and leave everything behind and help the hurting and the lost. But dreams changed in the 80s. And I could, I could tell you some of the, the preachers that embrace this wholeheartedly, but I'm not going to do that because I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings or offend them. But I'm going to tell you what happened. The preacher started speaking not about dreams of helping the lost and establishing churches around the world. The dreams turned inward. It was all about me. It's all about my dream is to have my own car and my dream is to have my own house and my dream is to have a great career. And I'm going to tell you something. That was the beginning of the decline of the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada as we know it today. And it was not just the PAOC that suffered, but it was the Baptists, it was the, the Presbyterians, it was the, it was everybody, everybody began to suffer because we started looking inward. So I want to ask you a question this morning. What do you dream about? What fills your heart? What is your passion? Is it all about you? Is it all about what you're going to get, what you're going to have? Is it all about your retirement? Or is it about your eternal retirement? My friends, you need to ask yourself a question today. Are you hearing from God anymore? Does, has God been speaking to you and calling you to do something that will count for eternity? I'm going to tell you, someday you're going to lie on your deathbed. And yes, it's going to happen to absolutely every single one here. Unless the Lord raptures you the way he did Enoch and Elijah. Unless there's a, a, a chariot coming to take you away, you're going to die. And I can tell you this. You've heard me say this many times. At the bedside of absolutely every single person I've ever had the privilege to pray for, I've never yet heard them say, I wish I would have had a bigger house. I wish I would have realized my career dreams. I wish I would have had two cars instead of one. I wish I would have had more RSPs. You never hear that. Suddenly, in the light of eternity, the things of this world just don't mean anything. Now, I want the Spirit of God to speak to your heart. And I want you to say, God, I want to hear your voice once again. Some of you here today have been called into ministry and you've been avoiding that call. You've been doing everything but what God has called you to do. Some of you here are, have uh, been called to, to, to do something small like help a child in another country by sending in $35 a month. But you've, you ignored the call because your dreams are more important than putting shoes on some child's feet or putting clothes on his or her back. I believe that God still speaks and still gives dreams and visions. But I believe that we just ignore them. There's not a person here today, if, if you've given your heart to Jesus, there's not a person here today whom God has not given a dream to. The problem is that you've been ignoring it.
What would have happened if the Apostle Paul, in his dream, hearing the voice of that Macedonian, what would have happened if he had ignored it? What if he had ignored the voice that said, come over to Macedonia and help us? I believe that God would have raised up somebody else to get the job done. But as it is, almost 2,000 years later, we can celebrate the life of a man who heard the call. We can celebrate the man who received the dream and in answer to that dream went. History tells us that by the second century AD, the church of Macedonia was one of the strongest churches in Europe. Wow, what a, what a legacy. And so the question this morning is, do you believe in dreams? And here's the other question. The question is, who's calling you? In Acts 69, it says, a Macedonian stood on that far shore calling across the sea, come over to Macedonia and help us. Now I don't believe that, I don't believe that we all have the same dreams. In fact, I don't believe there's, there's a person here today who's actually had a dream where God has been speaking to you and that you had a, a dream of a, a Macedonia calling you to go over to Macedonia to help. I don't think there's anybody here today who's had that dream. I haven't. But I do know this, that you've had a dream of someone calling you for your help. And some have answered it in weak ways. Some have just ignored that dream. But I can guarantee you that you have had a dream and someone has been calling for your help. Martin Luther King Jr. heard the voice of his people in their agony, their suffering, and the persecution just because of their skin color. And he rose up in answer to that call and actually led peaceful protests so as to see the laws of the land changed. And they were changed because a man heard a dream and answered the call. And some of you know the rest of the story. He lost his life because of it. The FBI called him the most dangerous black man in America. This man who never raised a gun. This man who never resorted to terrorism. This man who never used force. This man who answered the call in peaceful ways. Now I want you right now to do a little exercise with me, would you? No, I'm not going to ask you to stand up and touch your toes or do jumping jacks. That's not what I'm talking about when I talk about action. I want you to stop and think for a minute. Think of someone who needs your help right now. Would you do that? Go ahead. Just think about it. Think of someone who needs your help. Okay, I didn't need to give you that long because someone's name jumped to your mind immediately. Think of people right now who are desperate for relief. Who comes to mind? What comes to mind? Well, I'm going to tell you something. That's, my friends, is the call, is the dream. God wants to use you to bring relief and help to that person, to those people that jumped to mind just now. You know who they are. Maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe it's someone at work, someone at school. Maybe it's 
Maybe it's those little children that you see on TV at 11 o'clock every day. UNICEF and uh, World Vision. You know what I'm talking about. And all it takes is $30 a month. Basically a buck a day. Less than the cost of a cup of coffee every day. Who's calling you? I want you to know that God still speaks today. And you say, well, pastor, you know what? I don't know if I'm really hearing God or not. How can I hear? How can I overcome my deafness? How can I experience the joy, the radical experience of having God speak to me? I want it. I want to be used by God. Well, let's look at the Apostle Paul. There's two things we do know about the Apostle Paul. And that he was, first of all, engaged in hearing from God in two ways. He was, first of all, getting to know God on a daily basis. In Philippians 3, 7 to 8, listen to this. This is what Paul, this is, this is from the mouth of Paul. This is what he says. He says, but whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. Whatever was to my profit. <laughs> you know what he's saying, eh? He's saying all the things of this world, I consider them as nothing for the, for the sake of knowing Christ. What is more, he says, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ. My friends, this is old-fashioned preaching. This is old-fashioned gospel preaching where I call you to lay down your life where I call you to give up your world, your earthly dreams for eternal dreams that will make a difference. That will cost, that will count for eternity. But the only way that's going to happen, my friends, is if you are daily knowing Christ where the Apostle Paul was. It was, it was his heartbeat. It was his dream to know Christ and to know him better. And he says all the things of this world, he says, I count them as nothing. It's, it's rubbish. I'm going to tell you something in the original Greek. It's not rubbish. It's actually dung. You know, what you flush down the toilet. That's what he's comparing it to. All the things of this world are as dung, as nothing, compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ. Let me ask you the question today. Are you knowing Christ in that way? Because if you're not knowing Christ in that way, then here's what's going to happen to you. Ready? You're going to lose your zeal for church. You're going to lose your zeal for Christian fellowship. You're going to lose your zeal for serving. You're going to resent offering time each Sunday. You're going to resent the pastor asking you to tithe to help and make it possible to help the needs of the poor and the needy. But if you are getting to know Christ, then you will begin to have the heartbeat of Christ. You'll begin to have the mind of Christ. Are you spending time on a daily basis enjoying the fellowship with God? Because if you are, then you're setting yourself up to hear from God. So you're saying, Pastor, are you saying all i got to do is sit in my easy chair, read my Bible and pray, and God's going to give me, give me great visions? And Well, no, that's, that's only the beginning of it. The second part of it is this. You have to be actively trying to share God's word with others. You've got to say, God, I'm showing up. 
I got my uniform on. I'm reporting for duty. Tell me what to do and I'll do it. The Apostle Paul was actually on the road already when he heard the voice of God, when he received the call. Let the Spirit of God speak to your heart. You've got to get up and get busy. You've got to get up and say, God, I'm, I'm on my way. Look what it says in Acts chapter 16, verses 6 to 8. They went to Phrygia and then on through the region of Galatia. Their plan was to turn west into Asia province. But the Holy Spirit blocked that route. So they went to Mycenae and tried to go north to Bithynia. But the Spirit of Jesus wouldn't let them go there either. Proceeding on through Mycenae, they went down to the seaport of Troas. And then Paul had his dream. The dream came to him. The directions came to him on the road. Not in his home, but on the road. Now, let the Spirit of God speak to you. I hear young people say, you know, I'm going to get into ministry. I want to serve. but And I want to say, get busy. Get active. Do what God wants you to do. Right here and right now. And lo and behold, God will start opening doors for you. My friends, right now, someone's speaking to you. Someone is calling for your help. And God is asking, will you answer that call? Maybe, maybe it's, it's Marilyn. I need help with Sunday school. I need help with kids club. Maybe it's, maybe it's, uh, Garrett. I need help with ushering. Maybe it's Ennis. I need help with the youth. Will you answer the call? Will you get off your comfortable chair and get busy serving God? Maybe it's Pastor Allen saying, will you come to our missions event once a year and make a donation of $50 so that we can help house the homeless in Manila? The call is out there, my friends. Will you answer the call? Paul says, Acts chapter 16, verse 10, we knew now for sure that God had called us to preach the good news to the Europeans. All the pieces that come together, we knew for sure. They had the map. I'm going to tell you this. If God has given you a dream or a vision to do, to do something for him, then you need to do it. And guess what? He's going to give you what you need to get the job done. You, you might not be able to understand the whole thing or understand how it's all going to unfold, but I'm going to tell you, it will happen. I remember the point in time in the old church on Elgin Avenue and we began to be too full and we knew we needed another building. And I began to pray and wouldn't you know it, but the byway closed. This was the byway. This was a safe way, then it was a byway, then it was, uh, I don't know what else, it sold all kinds of things, everything, all kinds of things have been sold in here. And God put a dream in my heart to move into this building, and I told the people of the church about it. 
And I remember that Sunday we drove into the parking lot. We all had our noses pressed up against the glass. How funny it would have looked if you were inside. All of us trying to see through the window. Some people saw a grocery store. And I can understand that because there were still signs up that said the fruit section and vegetables. But this is where I'm sitting, the vegetable section. (laughs) I don't know if that means anything. (laughs) Some people saw a grocery store. I saw a church full of people. I saw a church that opened its doors to the people of this community to love them and to help them. God put a dream in my heart. What do I do next? I'm in my mid-twenties. I have no idea. I've never done anything like this before. So what I did is I just simply called the number on the sign. (laughs) The first step. And they said, oh, sorry, you can't have it. The Salvation Army is going to be using it for a distribution center. Oh, I went back into prayer about it. I didn't give up on the idea because God had given me a dream. And that dream spread from me to to the rest of the people in our congregation. Marilyn Wedlake, who wasn't attending yet at this church, she caught the dream as well. Started attending and together we worked at striking a deal with Safeway of Canada. Some of you remember the story very well. The building did eventually become available to us, and uh, the asking price was $550,000. So what's the next step? I haven't got $550,000, and no bank on earth is going to give us $550,000. So I took a second step. I called someone in to appraise our property. We owned the building on Elgin Avenue and the house beside it. And we figured we could get $150,000 for those buildings. And so we thought, we're here we go, ready to go. Still have the pictures. The sitting in the basement of the old church. Marilyn sitting there with the, with the, with the offer to purchase. And we offered them 550,000. 150,000 we already had and we were asking them to give us 400,000 to make up 550,000. That was our offer to purchase. Asking them for a donation of 400,000. And wouldn't you know it, but Marilyn knew the lawyer worked, had worked with a lawyer in Calgary. Uh, well, when he was in Winnipeg, the lawyer was in Calgary, but before he'd gone to Calgary, he worked with Marilyn here in Winnipeg, and so the, there was a relationship. And next thing you know, the dream had come true. We got the Safeway building. Now what? We thought we'd just move right in, put up a few blankets here and there to cover up the vegetables in the fruit section, the meat department, set up some chairs and start holding church, Right? Wrong. There's no way the city was going to allow us to occupy this building that way. And so I said, God, what next? And step by step by step, the thing began to unfold. We got our architect. We got our builder. 
And I said, Lord, how are we going to pay for this? Amazing things began to happen. People started sending money in. It never happened before and it hasn't happened since. But during the building program when we needed those funds, they started arriving. And you remember the story about, about that old lady that had a plugged toilet and figured that the pastor who had been trained in Bible college to unplug toilets. So called me. And after I had successfully unplugged that toilet, she handed me a check for $25,000. And I could tell you more stories like that. But I want you to know this today. That when you get a dream from God, and you rise up in response to that dream, you get a map. And step by step, things begin to unfold before you. And next thing you know, the dream has come true and God gives you a new dream. I want you to know something this morning. Dreams that bless and help others, when you act on those dreams, it breathes new life into your spirit and into your spiritual life. You've heard that proverb, people perish. Where there is no vision, people perish. That's what happens to your spirit when you no longer have those spiritual dreams that you're living out and acting out. If you're dead spiritually, it's probably because you've ignored your God dreams and your God visions. I'm going to tell you something this morning. The best dreams in this life are not about you getting rich, but the best dreams are about helping those in need. Has it been your dream to do something for the homeless? How come you haven't done anything yet? Has it been your dream to teach Sunday school? To share your testimony? How come you haven't done anything about it? Has it been your dream to go to a soup kitchen and, and, and feed the less fortunate? Why haven't you done something about it? Is it your dream to go to a mission field? What's holding you back? Has it been your dream to do something great for God? Why haven't you done something about it? You need to just take that first step today. You need to tell somebody what your dream is, and then you need to begin to say, God, show me, help me achieve what it is you've called me to do. My friends, I believe today you're standing on the shoreline, and God's calling you to leave behind the old life, the old humdrum, the mundane, the old, and move on to something new. One of my dreams is to build a hospital in Africa. I was talking to a missionary. He said, we could build one for $70,000. And I said, piece of cake. Piece of cake. The reason I could say piece of cake is because we've already raised over a million for different projects in Africa and around the world. How many believe that God can use us to build a hospital in Africa? Anybody believe that today? Oh, I, I couldn't afford it myself, but we can. I was out for lunch the other day with, with a couple who had matched our donations last year. Anybody remember that? Every dollar we raised would be matched by this company. And uh, this couple were asking, well, what's, what's our next, what's our next project? What's our next dream? My friends. 
This is when you come alive. When you begin to give, when you begin to share, when you begin to answer the call, when you begin to do things that are way beyond your ability, your skill, your talents, or your power, that's when you come alive. And I, got, I believe today God wants you to come alive once again. God wants you to do things you've never done before. You want to go feed the poor and the needy, the homeless? Go with your small group and get downtown and help out where there's a need. And if you're still not sure about it, I'll go with you. But I want you to know this. That God has given you a dream. And there's some need that's been nagging at you. And God has given you a clear map and he wants you to go for it. The question is this, will you do it? Will you heed the voice of that one on that shoreline? It says, come over and help us. Come and help. We're in need. Mother Teresa, September 10th, 1946, experienced what she later described as the call within the call. You see, she had already been called into the ministry, but now she was receiving a call within her call. And her call within her call was to go into Calcutta, to the very poorest, the most needy, the sickest, and hungry, to go to them and to minister to them. And this is what she says, I was, I was to leave the convent and help the poor while living among them. It was an order. To fail would have been to break the faith. She began her missionary work with the poor in 1948, replacing her traditional Loretto habit. That's the, the garment that the nuns wear. And she wore a simple white cotton sari decorated with blue borders. She adopted Indian citizenship and ventured out into the slums. That was her call. What's your call today? What does God want you to do? Young people, what is it God's calling you to do? Those of you who are my generation, what's God calling you to do? Those of you who are a little older, you think, oh, it's the younger generation's turn, right? Wrong! Until you leave this earth, you're, you're engaged, my friends. God's got work for you to do. What God, what's God, anybody can, listen, listen to me, anybody can be a, a lawyer, anybody can be a doctor, anybody can be a, can be a preacher. But it takes someone special to respond to the call of God to do something great for his glory and honor. Anyone can be a plumber. Anyone could be a carpenter. Anyone could be an electrician. Anyone can be an IT specialist. But it takes someone special who will say, I'm going to respond to the call of God on my life. I'm going to go. I'm going to go and answer the call. Mother Teresa, tiny little Albanian lady. Nobody would have dreamt that this little tiny lady, tiny, nobody, nobody would have dreamt that she would become a world hero, receiving the Nobel Peace Prize, because she responded to a dream. 
to a call. Nobody would have dreamt that she would stand before the almighty, powerful senators, congressmen, and president of the United States and shake her finger in their face and say, if you don't want the unborn, give them to me. I'll take care of them. Nobody would have dreamt that that would be possible. But this woman had a dream. It would do something great for God. I want you to know if you're older, it's not too late to do something great for God. If you're young, I want you... I'm going to tell you that if you're going to be a plumber or a carpenter or electrician or whatever it is, you better make sure it's God's calling to do that. And do it to the glory of God for his honor. And if it's to be in ministry, make sure you do it not as a career, but as unto God. Not for a paycheck, but for the glory of serving Almighty God. What's the dream that God has put in your heart? What's the call that God's calling you to respond to? And before anybody goes from here saying, Pastor Allen doesn't think much of my career, that's not what I'm talking about. You totally missed the point. What I'm telling you today is that what will make you come alive, what will make you live, truly live, by doing what God wants you to do. I have a little video clip I want to show you, and then we'll, we'll close. Let, these, uh, let this just speak to your heart.
Bow your heads with me, please. Father, when we think of what you've done for us, given us the hope of eternity, delivered us from our sin, given us new life, God, we can't help but recognize that there are many, many, many hundreds, thousands that have not yet had the privilege of hearing, who have not yet had the privilege of receiving that free gift. The gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. And God, you are speaking to our hearts today and you're calling us to respond by your Spirit. Father, would you have your way in our hearts today? Would you prepare us, Lord, for service? Prepare us, O oh God, to answer the call. Each one of us today has heard a call. There's people around us that need our help. People, Lord, that we can minister to. Help us, we pray, to respond in obedience. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together and sing. Jesus.